Bro, I'ma give it to you with no trivia. Roll like cocaine straight from Bolivia. My hip hop will rock and shock the nation like the Emancipation Proclamation. Oh, yeah. Yo, I almost thought that was the real move. I know. Yo, you should have went into like rap impersonation or some shit like that. You should. Man. I mean, that's that you guard. You could have been. Too Wong Fu. <laughs> anyway. Yo, it's Vinegate Coaching, y'all. How y'all doing out there? What up, what up, what up, what up? Yeah, you just heard the ear doctor, Naka. We don't know what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> How you doing, my man? My I, man? I'm all right. How you doing, sir? I'm doing all right. We got oh, my man, Kuma Kizzy in the house. Uh, I don't like that at all. No, Yo, this is Kamal K. Franklin, and all you right. are? I am Clash Jabachega. Just out of junk school. You <laughs> are? Oh. The ear doctor. Okay. And? Minister, sir, we're transmitting live from the planet Earth. Are you a little slower than you listen to music yeah, in the back? Real slow, I think like, like some headphones <laughs> on. <laughs> <laughs> so, he, so he's remedial that time. Yo, yo. Minister, sir, we're transmitting from the planet Earth. He's coming from another universe. Hey, I think he had the spirit of Jai. He's coming back to the planet on y'all. Hey, Jai must have left you some of what he had. Anyway, we got a hardcore show today. I know, man. Who we got on tonight? Before we talk about what we got on. Oh, wait a minute. Go ahead. There's a lot of fuck shit going on in America today. So fuck shit? Yes, yes, yes. You okay. have your sister in Chicago. The fuck, I want to say fuck the police everywhere the fuck they are. Yeah. You had, had a situation uh, where the sister was uh, um, handcuffed, naked. They ran up in the wrong fucking house. The social worker put guns to her head. The sister looks like she's old enough to be our, our, our mothers. Mm. And, 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 and it's just fucked up. Embarrassed her, disrespected her, so on and so forth. Another situation. Uh, forgot what part of this rotten ass country is in, where there's a videotape of a a fucking cop in a pickup truck that mowed down this brother in the middle of a fucking field. I mean, literally ran him over and shit. This brother right here said he was afraid for his life. He was fearing for his life because of the fact there was some traffic stop in some country ass fucking town. They had been chasing him or whatever. Mm. Um, he was afraid to stop. His wife is a cop. And I believe his father's a cop as well. Damn. You know what I'm saying? But they still have him locked up. He's been locked up for the last couple months or so. Four months, I believe. And they're talking about, at least since August, and they're talking about uh, charging him with uh, reckless endangerment and some other bullshit. Where you clearly see the fucking pig truck driving over this, over this brother. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. they still have him locked up. So much other shit going on. You had yeah. the brother, uh, the young brother who was, was murdered, I believe it's D.C., where they shot him in front of the, in front of his home and shit. Wrong person again. Yeah. You fucking cops need to get your fucking eyes tested. You need an eye exam. You need a fucking psychological evaluation. You need to be drug tested. And all you motherfuckers need to bump your head off on a fucking <laughs> wall and die, nigga. That's Word. what the fuck we feel. Anyway, you listen to Renegade Culture. We can say fuck the police mm -hmm. in 36 different languages. And this is our new segment where we don't curse a lot. So we just want to let y'all yeah. know that too. Yeah, That's like yeah, what yeah. We, doing. We, we ain't cursing that much on no. Renegade Radio, which will be coming soon. True, but on Renegade true. Culture, we're going to say fuck, shit, song, bitch, and all that. Uh, this is Renegade yeah. Culture. God damn. Let's get some love right now. Well, let's do love. some love. Because that shows yeah, some love, love yeah. to folks who support us, right? Ah, yeah. So yes, we got some yes. supporters out there. We got two new Patreons who hit our level. We're not allowed to talk about what that level is. Right? <laughs> but they hit yeah. that level, hit the level, they get a little shout out on air. Okay. So first I'm going to start off, and I'm going to mess up this name, so I'm not going to try to mess with it. Oh Minister boy. Server. Who's, who's this sister? Miss Sims. What's her first name? Tuare. Tuare. To R.A. Sims. Okay. Thank you so much for your yes. support, into R.A. Yes. Right, right. Yes. Y'all in. To the light. We in. 
And we got somebody else, Miss Leslie Martinez. Leslie, Leslie. Martinez. Thank you, Thank Leslie. You. you know what I'm saying? Now, to the listeners, to the Patreons that have supported and are supporting, we appreciate it. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Oh, there we go. That's Thank the, you. That's the, that's the gentle kind of yes. whatever. Now, so, so we got a special guest coming on tonight? We do. We have a professor, a musician, a scholar, right. and he's going to talk about everything from... Uh, Revolutionary music. That's right. To, to, to Fela Kuti. Mm -hmm. To uh, uh, spirituality, spirituality. Culture. You know what I'm saying? He's going to give y'all you know the business. I know my man going to give us a tour, a uh, uh, world history lesson on culture and music. And our special musical guest is. Yo, we got Sir Gandhi up in the house tonight, y'all. So oh, gotta, that's right. We got an action fact show, music guests, and the whole nine. You know yo, what we do. And Sir Gandhi's a dope show, artist, yo. man. Y'all got to really check out Sir Gandhi because yeah. of the fact that. He's one of the artists out here in Atlanta who's a humble artist. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And he's dope as well. Listen to Renegade Culture. Yo, we be back. Boom. Peace and much love. I am Minister Server. You know what time it is. Hip hopstery. You know who this is? Yo, this is the Kings from Queens. Run DMC. Run DMC and Jam Master J. Yo, one of the most influential groups in hip hop history. When they dropped the single Suck MCs in 1983, it literally split the time from the old school style of rap to the now school style of rap. So they went on to drop their debut album in 1984, Run DMC. Then they dropped The King of Rock. Then they dropped Raising Hell, which gave us the blockbuster hit uh, Walk This Way with Aerosmith, who actually brought back Aerosmith's career when they dropped that song. They went on to do Tougher Than Leather, Back From Hell, Down With The King. Yo, Run DMC, their influence cannot ever be understated. When you learn the hip-hop history, you gotta know about Run DMC, Down With The King's word. Grab a hold of yourself, mm. open your eyes, yeah. get wise to the exercise being taught by the teacher what? that's most dominant. Mm. You need knowledge, yeah. but I'm dropping, dropping it. it. Whoa, yeah. culture. Bam, okay. bam, bam, bam. Oh, okay. shots fired. You Ladies and gentlemen, there was the, Big Daddy King. the honorable okay. minister server. Oh, no, yes, no, yes. no, no, no. Half-stepping. Step true, true. Okay, okay, okay. 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 All right, okay. That's good. Can we get over the show now? Yeah. Anyway. Tonight we have a really big show, a really big show. All right. Whole lot of good people in the building tonight. True that, true. Um, his first guest. I only guess. Uh, we have two guests. Oh, we got we the have... musical, you're right, my bad. Yes, he's a guest too. I won't step on your line. Invisible. Thing. Thank my you, bad. sir. Anyway, <laughs> first guest is a, uh, a professor. Mm -hmm. He's a musician. Right on. Uh, he's a, uh, an international musician, shall we say. You know what I'm saying? He's a brother uh, who is serious about our culture. That's right. One of the beautiful things about this brother being on here today is he understands that art and culture is a weapon. True. You understand what I'm saying? And utilize it well. He's a brother that, uh, if you're in the Atlanta area, you've seen him with the Common Ground Collective, mm -hmm. the uh, band in which he is the founder, uh, and also the, the, the band leader, the musical director, shall I say? Along, I said the band leader. Musical director <laughs> and also... <laughs> <laughs> you know, he really cares about you, brother, because he's really doing it. He's trying to build up your intro. So let me let you anyway, know. You know what I'm saying? What, what else does he do? The brothers rock with everybody from Stevie Wonder to Roy Ayers. Um, and uh, phenomenal brother. Mm -hmm. And today we have a treat. We have our brother, Marsiki Scales, in the building. And if, I, if I'm not misunderstanding, also a professor, a teacher of Africana Studies and History. At one point, yes. he taught at Morris Brown. That's uh -huh. right. Yeah. And you That's taught right. our very own one and only the ear doctor. Ear doctor. Yes. Right. Ear doctor was in my class. Ear doctor was in your class. I mean, how many people was in that class? 
<laughs> and how many, how many times did he have to take the class over? A good 30 or 40 people in the class, and we had an organization called the Society of My Eye. He, okay. would, he would spit poetry there. He's he a poet? He retreats in the mountains. And he, he, you know, his grades were really solid up until he oh. opened Eyes Pizza. And then you had oh. to wake Whoa, up. that's Sun's Pizza. Let's get it right. He opened Eyes Pizza? Sun's Pizza. Eyes. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, <laughs> wow. Don't worry about it. Nobody remembers the name. Nobody remembers the name. Yeah. Oz, Oz put them out of business, I think. <laughs> they took Some good pizza put them out. You know what I'm saying? So, then so, he started selling drugs, and then, you know, the rest wow. of the Wow. <laughs> anyway. Yo, yes, and, and also, I, we used to rock with, uh, with his band. We used to rock with Afro Blue before Masiki Scales and Common Ground. I used to go on the mic and spit the rhymes. So we go back over 20 years. Good brother. Yeah, oh, wow. So you, so this. He's taking it back to the eight track tapes days. That's right. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm, I'm eight track tapes. Days. So, so let me ask you, like, um, you said this man was spitting on the tracks. I mean, did that help the band or it caused you to change the name? Because I know this is not the same name anymore. <laughs> when we were rhyming, when we were with Common Ground over at, I think it was Yin Yang back then. Yeah. Uh, he would just get up, get on the mic. Sometimes he would introduce us, and we also used him on, you know, as a DJ as well. So, oh, wow. you know, we would get down. That's right. Okay. I would also, you know, take him to the hoop. Sometimes we would go True. run and True. run and shoot. That's right. Okay. Back in the day. Okay, you dunking on him. Okay, okay, okay. I gotta put some respect on my name. Stop oh, playing. Man. Oh, no, no. So, so what what happened? I mean, you know, I mean, t this story right here kind of kind of reminds me of like. You know how you hear about these people that were, were so great in their time and everything, and then they got caught out on drugs or something? Or, what, what happened? Y'all got him. You know, he's representing renegade culture right well, now. Oh, so. Not representing. Let's not go that far. It kind of sounds like a diss, Marcy. Oh, is that real? <laughs> yeah, you know. Anyway, so, yeah. um, we wanted to talk to you, man. Um, definitely there's a whole lot of topics we can talk to you about. But um, one in particular, since we started off talking about culture, right? Um, right. Uh, in your, in your, from your view, how is uh, how important is is music and culture and art when we talk about revolution? Well, I mean, I, I think it's one of our, our key lifelines. Like when when I think about the Ma'afa, the time period of our ancestors from the 16th through the 19th century, you think about um, ships that were out to sea, sometimes over a year. Sharks beginning to develop the taste for human blood because so many bodies would be dumped overboard and then multiply, you know, all of those years, 16th through the 19th centuries with us going to plantations in Brazil and Jamaica and Cuba, Louisiana, South Carolina, right here in Georgia. And in the role that music played for us, it gave us a space like a, it created an ethos, this place this kind of bubble for us to return to, or this kind of river for us to kind of, to rejuvenate ourselves and find our center. So even in the wasteland of chattel slavery, we were able to find some humanity in our song, in our music, and use that humanity to survive. And the level of creativity, even under those conditions, is extremely dynamic. When we think about the European planters while we were enslaved, they had the free time. Mm -hmm. Where is the music that they came up with with that leisure time? There's nothing of note we think about in terms of what, you know, white America has contributed to in terms of music 
during all of those years, right? And you can say blackface minstrelsy, but that's an imitation. Even the name of it is an imitation and a mockery of what was coming from the black quarters. So we, for a long time, even in our enslavement, were the definition of what it meant to be cool. I mean, Chappelle makes kind of a reference to that in his last stand-up. Like, we define that tempo, you know, no pun intended, of what it means to be cool, of what it means to be legit. So even with shackles on, you think about the music of the blues, spirituals, um, you know, and, and I come back to that minstrel music, that's the first popular music of, of Euro-America. It's America's first popular music is minstrel songs. And that was an imitation of black folks' music. But when you think about mm -hmm. um, the blues, spirituals, ragtime, gospel, jazz, funk, soul, you're looking at just this constant creativity coming from African people in this part of the world. And that gave us our centering, even when it, it seemed like all was lost. In a weird way, too, like, you know, when I, I got young kids now, and it, when they're looking at TV and they're looking at like these things, these kid bops things and all this other stuff. Like there's all right. these white kids basically doing black music, African-centered music. And, right. and over time, obviously, you know, it, it started generation after generation. White folks have profited, made money, become huge artists off of being centered around African music and black music, right? So, I mean, what do you, what do you, right. like, what do you think about what we could do about that and do, a, like, what is the cultural ph phenomenon that doesn't allow us to sort of, like, you know, uh, take control of our own musicianship? When the Roots put out that, that album, Things Fall Apart, at the beginning of it, there's, there's this, in the liner notes, there's this discussion about how black people create art forms and we throw them away. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Baba Miri Baraka wrote the book Blues People. And to me, that book represented just acknowledging these sounds as sacred. We began to be ashamed of our own creation. So if we are ashamed, how do we teach this as sacred music to our children. You know, um, at Fisk College and Hampton Institute, when their choirs were touring in the 1800s and the 1900s, they began to hire these white composers to take that feeling out of the music. You know, that feeling that makes you want to cry because it's reminding you of the pain that we endured. Mm -hmm. They hired these composers to take that element out of the music as to not offend these white, you know, donors and philanthropists but you know folks were not on the plantation singing operas, Western <laughs> opera stock. Mm -hmm. So it's something about, to me, like ensuring that our children say, well, hey, yeah, we love hip hop, right? I grew up on hip hop and we love the blues. Mm -hmm. So I challenge, you know, some of my, my students to say, well, you know, do you have an album that's the blues? Do you have an album that's jazz, that's funk, that's gospel? Like all of this, if there, and the style of all of it is the same. We're going to be speaking Ebonics, no matter what, if it's the spirituals or James Brown or hip hop. Like, and, and had we tried to sing and deliver sounding like white people, those styles wouldn't exist. And so, you know, like in order for, for a young person to take it as sacred, I think we have to, you know, that African proverb that says, you can only hang a bag as high as your arm could reach. So we're not taking it serious, mm -hmm. you know. They, I often feel like they just say, "Well, hey, that's just old folks' music, that blues." Okay. What's that got to do with me? Let, let's uh, we we'd uh, 
I interviewed you uh, a few years ago for our documentary organizing is new cool. And one of the things we talked about uh, was the continent. And we mentioned uh, Fela right. Kuti in particular. You yeah. know what I'm saying? How important, because I, I think that, uh, you know, people know Bob Marley. You know what I'm saying? But rarely do the masses talk about someone like Fela unless they're hearing about um, a, a Jay-Z play or something like that. How important was Fela Kuti to our liberation struggle? I, I think Fela Kuti was, was crucial to our liberation. He was a pan-Africanist. Uh, he mentioned that he didn't really take his African self, his pan-African self seriously until he saw black people in America on 125th Street wearing dashikis. So in 1969, after having spent time in London on the jazz scene, he finds himself in LA and he meets this sister, Sandra Isidore. Yes. And Sandra Isidore, who's working with the Black Panther Party, she's, she begins to politicize Fela Kuti, right? Before then, much of his music just had to do with partying. The high life music of West Africa was often the music of the tavern, music of enjoyment, music of that had a, a calypso inspiration to it, music of drinking and enjoying yourself. So 69 was a pivotal year. So he returns back to Nigeria after having this eye-open experience with Sandra Isidore. And he begins to put more African consciousness, a sense of history that's reflected in the names of his groups. Um, even that sound of James Brown was, was a sonic fabric that he pulled from because he's a Yoruba man. And we don't hear the talking drum that we hear from King Sunday Ade, with that boom, boom, you know, that, that sound that, um, that's central to a lot of that music. He uses horns where that instrument would have typically been. And there are times where he uses those horns to convey proverbs coded, not unlike our ancestors, that same swing low, sweet chariot coming forth to carry me home to make it to a safe haven in the, in the Underground Railroad, mm. Fela would use that same creativity within his music. He would have a song called um, Yellow Fever. And then Yellow Fever was a way of bringing critique to Africans who wanted to use bleaching cream, like, like, mm. like the reggae song, Dem I Bleach. You know, so he's saying, you got yellow fever, you're caught up with this colorism. So, I mean, I, I look at his music as being extremely dynamic and a reminder for us. I think it's a, it's a, a charge to keep when he gives us songs like, like Zombie in terms of how we're gonna have African governments be set up mm -hmm. or Upside Down that critique the impact of colonialism. Teacher don't teach me nonsense. When you would enter Fela's shrine, that's what he called his club, which still exists, Femi and Shayun, and my day, these individuals still perform at the shrine. On the way into the shrine, there would be books by um, Sheikh Antija, Dr. Ben. You go inside and there are pictures of Malcolm X and Marcus Garvey, and he's pouring libation uh, in, as a traditionalist, tradition, practicing African, traditional, Af traditional African spirituality, all of that within a show. One of his drummers that he had with him for years, Tony Allen, these concerts could last for six hours and Tony Allen would be on the drums for the entire six hours because it's a long winded music. And even that speaks to this idea of letting the African spirit come through the music because T. Val 
not to make a short song. He said, that's for the Europeans, a two or three minute song. We're just getting warmed up. So we're going to stop you here because we're just getting warmed up ourselves. Yeah. So we are, we're going to take a break for our first segment. We're going to come back uh, with a brother who is a historian, a musician, Marciki Scales. We'll be back with gay culture. Yes. Anyway, I was going to sing some Fay Lau, but I, Ooh, I don't no. think y'all ready for that just yet. No, no, we not. We but not, anyway, we not. who we back with? We, 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 this is Renegade Coach that you listen yep. to just in case you just turned to this motherfucker. Right. And you said, yo, who are these cats on here? We got this cat right here. The good looking uh, dude. Yes. This Polished. Cat, this cat right here. Lawyer. Yes. Intelligent. Okay. Next two. Uh, this cat right here. Kalanji Jamachanga, the riot starter. You know what I'm saying? The, 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 the realest motherfucker you're going to run across. And, 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 Are you going to come back? Yeah, I mean, because uh, what's my man named from uh, South Africa? The Ooh. South African, uh, he has a, uh, a show late night right now. Trevor Noah? Oh, Trevor Noah. Trevor Noah, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. This is... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Trevor, no way. <laughs> anyway. No way. <laughs> no way related to Trevor. Uh, he went a long way for that. Anyway. Like, you know. All right. Anyway, we back with Marsiki Scales. Marsiki, we was talking yeah. about Fela Kuti. Um, and, and it's, you know, I have my, my theories on why Fela's popularity hasn't reached that of Bob. And I don't know. I, I, I kind of look at it from a colorism perspective. You understand what I'm saying? Because of the fact that we have these different Sort of like Peter Tosh and Bob, you know what I'm saying? And I'm, I love Bob, I'm a fan of Bob, but the fact that the, the, the African on the continent is totally almost obliterated, dismissed when it comes to mainstream, it, it's kind of, I don't know, what's your, what's your take on that? Interesting. I think, I think Bob Marley's music did more to popularize the idea of Pan-Africanism than any one book could, and it, it gained its way into even pop culture. I think that Fela's music has recently done that. Both of these individuals, I look at as kind of being, they, what, what Bob Marley is to reggae, the fact that you can mention Peter Tosh and you can mention Bunny Whaler and you can just go down the list and list all these other reggae artists, there's probably not another genre where that genre is so aligned with the person. You can't say Afrobeat without saying Fela. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And then you can't say Afrobeat without mentioning his sons now. And so it's, it's interesting to me. Well, first of all, he coined that term Afrobeat in 1969. Hmm. So that that association with him, it is, is dynamic. You know, it's, it's one to one. However, when I look at the fact that that music has remained underground, I also think it may have a lot to do with people perhaps not understanding Nigerian Pigeon, mm -hmm. right? Because even, even in some of the songs where one might say, oh, that's an anthem, that's my jam, you ask somebody what it's about, and it's more about the feeling of it rather than right. being able to repeat all those lyrics. Mm -hmm. it's, still it's a little bit layered to understand what's happening in Yoruba and Nigerian Pigeon, where Bob is giving us patois singularly. Right. As you know, relatively close to 
our, our you know, our vernacular English here. So let's 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 talk a little bit more about Faylab, and and we want to get into your album as well, right? So, um, sure. you know, Faylab with, you know, he 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 was educated. We talked about Sanjay Isidore. We talked about her role in his education. Her being a sister right here in the United States, over on the West Coast, um, uh, who pretty much politicized him, and um, you know took it to another level. When he gets back to Nigeria. Um, this liberation sound is not really popular with the government. Talk a little bit about that. Right. So it, when he returns back to Nigeria, I mean, he's he's walking around on stage with a giant, giant blunt. And by giant, I mean, like the size of your arm. <laughs> uh, he decides to marry 27 women in one ceremony. Some of these some of these sisters are the, the daughters of dignitaries political dignitaries in Nigeria. And his compound, Kalakuta Republic, is just looked at as a location for ruffians and, and people coming into the city looking for opportunity. Um, there's this casting of his, um, who were later his wives, um, as kind of women of the street. And so he, he's looked at as a rebel. He's wearing these, these pantsuits that's seemingly more Western influenced. Uh, a, a lot going down at his compound. And when he made like the song Zombie, he's basically calling the, the military that, that you're just this zombie. You're not really a thinking human being. He's cr criticizing um, the politics of the country, the corruption, what's taking place with the resources. And all of these events would even lead to his mother being thrown from the compound, the compound being set on fire, mm. uh, men and women, of his um, of his circle being punched in the face, beaten. Uh, I mean, so we're talking about a lot of violence for a man who used his voice uh, to speak out for justice. And and so he's an inspiration to me. Even in, in a lot of my music, I like I like the sonic layers that he chose. And it takes a lot to have a a band, especially even during this time period when you think of we live during the era of the selfie. Mm -hmm. When we think about an artist creating music, it's the individual. It's not that old school Commodores, Fela Kuti, you know, large ensemble. He would travel with 35 people. And it's how, you know, how do you make money when you're traveling <laughs> with such a large ensemble? So yeah, in yeah. that tradition, there's the people coming up on stage and peeling money and, and dashing them with money in the same way you see in the Caribbean with some of the junk canoe festivals or um, carnival in New Orleans with the New Orleans second line, you're seeing bands that were connected to community. And so Fela gave people many opportunities too when they came into the city. What are you gonna do when we have our show? This is the DJ, mm -hmm. this is person is preparing food. So there was that, that communal living and him taking care of his people. Now, I'm going to break in here, because not only are you a historian, but you're an artist yourself, as Kalanji mentioned at the beginning, and you have a new album out called West West Africa. Do you right. want to talk to us a little bit about what influenced you to make this particular album at this particular time? Definitely. In the early 2000s, um, my band, Common Ground Collective, we opened for Hugh Masekela. And Hugh Masekela, an activist, freedom fighter from South Africa, fought against apartheid. 
So we were honored to open the stage at the National Black Arts Festival for him. And so when you're, you know, on the side of the stage, you're checking him out, seeing him getting warmed up on his flugelhorn backstage. And the audience greeted him in such a warm way. All these black folks in Atlanta, he called the audience West, West Africa. He said, y'all really get it. So you haven't lost, you haven't lost it. You haven't lost the spirit of connecting to this music. And when he said West, West Africa, that stuck with me because I always thought about the music tradition of Africans in North America. When we look at the, the level of creativity coming from African people, even during slavery, we think about sounds like the spirituals, work songs, the blues, different styles of blues when we go north, ragtime, gospel, jazz, several different styles of jazz, um, the freedom songs, hip hop. When we look at the level of creativity coming from that group of people, it's almost as if we're studying of people in a high civilization who were not enslaved, that level of creativity. And when we compare that music to um, those who had the leisure time, those slave owners, those planters, it doesn't compare. There's nothing of note the world pays attention to that was coming from those quarters. And what ended up being created are minstrel songs. So this album, West West Africa, was my way of paying homage to those African people who created these traditions and, and put the stamp of, of sanctity on it, that this music is sacred and each song is, is a vignette, is a creation story honoring how we come to be in this part of the world. Yo, Masiki, in our resilience. Masiki, and we still here. Masiki, I gotta say, when I listen to this album, you had jazz on there, you got Afro beats, you got hip hop, you got house. I mean, DJ Kimmett even did a remix. You got every genre of music on this album. It's ridiculous. I got to give you props, bro. Appreciate that, man. Appreciate that. Mm -hmm. And so that, that was the idea to try to tell that story as best as I could, converging my love of our history. And in a way, I don't even call it that, our history. I look at it as this is our social practice. This is who we are. It's in the music. It's in our style. In fact, much of this music when it was first encountered by outsiders to the culture it it was viewed as less than and savage and backward their high tone jazz um, journals that said i mean high tone journals that said jazz is going to take us back to the jungle hmm. even the term blue note comes from a group of people who were not familiar with certain notes <laughs> When your grandmother moans and says, mm, mm, we don't think of that as cultural. But there's some people on the other side of the planet who are not moaning in that scale. Those are scales we brought with us from Africa. The polyrhythms we brought from Africa, even some of the names that we chose to name our music is following what scholars call an idiophone. We create names for our music that sounds like the music. Like an, an idiophone is like the word zigzag, right? It kind of looks like the image. Mm -hmm. So when you hear a phrase is like bebop, hip hop, while those aren't African words, it very much follows an African um, language pattern in terms of naming the thing, how it sounds. I mean, I mean, the list goes on, honky tonk, blues, jazz, funk, follow some of those, that same, uh, that same template. 
We're going to stop you right there. We're going to take our third, our second break, I guess, and come back with a final segment. We want to get a little bit into spirituality when we come back and how that sure. also with the culture has sort of carried us forward since being enslaved in America. So we want to thank you. We're going to be right back on Renegade Culture. Yes. Renegade coaches in the building. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. I am Kalanji Jamachanga alongside Kamal K. Franklin. And in the background on the boards, the ear doctor. Ear doctor, former student of Marsiki Scales. I can't believe that Marsiki admitted that publicly, Hello. but it's all right. He did show us a term paper that did have like a D minus, but uh, we'll go all into had, it. Had F for freedom, right? <laughs> yeah. he, he, he raised that grade by using a little extra credit. When he gave you a couple pizzas. And you know it. <laughs> a couple of veggie slices. He's supplying my secret with veggie slices. That's Look, right. We this, a, this exclusive. We got Minister Server in the building true. also. Minister Server, that's right. Transmitted live. We got out Minister Server. What up, Masiki? Speak, speaking, of, speaking of minister. Um, oh, that was a good segue. I like that. I'm Kalanji Jamal I'm that was raw. Good. <laughs> yeah, smoke this guy. Nope. Anyway, speaking of minister, before I was cut off my, my cohort over here, <laughs> we have, uh, we want to talk about African spirituality. Mm -hmm. um, you know, right now we know that uh, traditionally, you know, one of the things you mentioned earlier, folks not understanding Nigeria, not understanding spirituality. Um, of course, we know that uh, a lot of the lack of understanding. Of, uh, of Africa and African people uh, has to do with colonial colonialization, uh, imperialism, so on and so forth. And um, you know they've they've transformed African spirituality, unfortunately, even many of our own people into spookism, hocus pocus, and all that type stuff. Um, African spirituality. What does it look like? Okay. I mean, the the way that I like to address this is so many of our people even those that kind of fear what that is, also are engaged in what that is. So mm -hmm. I'll drop some history and then tie it in. I'm try to keep it quick, Naka. Um, <laughs> so in North America, in 1830, there are two groups of people, right? We right here in Georgia, there's two groups of black people. One group is born in Africa, up until 1830, they outnumber the group born in America. Mm -hmm. Up until 1830, the average black person born in Africa, living in America, who outnumbered their American-born counterparts, were practicing some form of African spirituality. That means that much of what we have been doing, right, and many people returning to those traditions it's not been a good 200 years when those traditions have died out in our family lineages. Um, when you go and look at how much people, how much emphasis our ancestors placed on baptism as a ritual of transformation, it's fascinating to see that some of the most dynamic traditional ceremonies have to do with water, 
transformation, vitality, like the Oshun Festival in Nigeria, which is probably Africa's most popular festival. And, and we bought into what someone else has said that, hey, these things are evil, these things are backwards, when in fact, many of us are engaged in those practices in our homes on a regular basis, even though we don't call, call it that. And in my family, there's stories about certain people got to come through the door first. If you dream this, it's that. And, and much of that is not found in the Judeo-Christian context. But I firmly believe that it's, it's part of the folk tradition that's tied to African spirituality. And so there's this reverse migration that many people are engaged in. We're saying, well, let's, let's go back to Nigeria. Let's go to Ghana. Let's go to the Congo. Let's go where we could make sense out of, out of who it is that we are because we're not getting answers using other people's systems. Now, when you, I mean, when you talked earlier, you talked about uh, sort of the music and the culture and how we sort of brought right. that with us. And you talked a little bit about spirituality also just now. So, so in your estimation, like how important has, has spirituality been, let's say for Africans who were enslaved and brought here, uh, the same way like the music culture has been, and sort of just keeping us alive and, and feeding us as a soul and, and, and letting us sort of survive the exploitation and oppression that we've suffered here? Absolutely. I think that I think that, that has been central. And I, the, the spirituality and music, in fact, go hand in hand in many cases. That when we look at our ancestors who practiced African spirituality, many of them that were on board a slave ship thought that maybe, you know, some evil spirits had captured us and put us here. That many people from the interior had never seen the ocean. And so you had this yearning to try to, under, to gain a deeper understanding of what was taking place. And based on where we went, those stories kind of varied, that the vast majority of us went to places like Brazil in South America, over 50%, 43% to the Caribbean, and only just barely 5% came to where we are. Mm -hmm. And we found ourselves in a minority. So it was very difficult to push back against people saying, hey, what you're doing is evil. Hey, looking at your ancestors as sacred, looking at deities as sacred, there was pushback. But even in terms of the nature in which African people embraced Christianity, they Africanized that with the music, even the relationship with the divine is like, you know, I'm going to report on what's happening on these plantations when I get, when I die, when I go to heaven, I'm, I'm going to let y'all know, or I'm going to tweak the father and tweak the son. That, that very honest, um, it, it lacks the piety that you find in Puritan Protestantism, you know, where it's like, oh, I can only talk in this voice. Like, no, I'm upset. We are enslaved. And yet there was that resilience in the faith, in the rituals, in keeping families together. And in some ways, keeping families together in ways that we, we, we've lost. But that spirituality was key. And I think that that idea, it, we, have, we had to have been resilient, resilient, or we wouldn't even be here right now. Mm -hmm. When you look at the, the push to create maroon communities and still away, the push to still away to engage in our own rituals to keep us going, we wouldn't be here 
had not those uh, had not that been effective over the course of time. And I think that I feel like we've lost some of the the narratives as to how to engage the world, though. That that there was so many references for people for the Old Testament, and in that you have an Exodus story, you have a David versus Goliath, and in some areas like Capoeira in Brazil, Candomblé, uh, Vodun in Haiti, Voodoo in Haiti, um, Santeria, Lukumi, Hoodoo in the South, it speaks to individuals holding on to the cultural traditions of their ancestors. And we also experience the opposite, where people just said that's all out evil, uh, blues music, that's evil, the guitar is evil but yet that sacred that juxtaposition of sacred and secular caused a lot of pain i mean jelly roll morton who was a jazz pianist in new orleans his he was kicked out of the family home for playing jazz some of it had to do with where he was playing in the bordellos but jazz was considered music of the bottom and it went hand in hand with some of the traditions I just mentioned. Mm -hmm. So real quick, um, we talk about uh, Christianity, for example, right? Um, right? You know, we hear the whole turn the other cheek situation, right? Uh, here we are, the year is 2020, and you know, um, some folks still talk about turn the other cheek. In regards to uh, revolution, do you see African spirituality playing uh, a role in revolution today, and um, you know, if so, how important would African spirituality be in our liberation? In well, I opinion? need to use that as an essay question, man. <laughs> 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 um, I, mean, I think it's a crucial role. I think that it's it's in the same spirit that I mentioned in terms of maroon societies. That when you look at some of those conversations are to be had in public. And some of those conversations are not. But in those societies, if we looked at the Haitian Revolution, it was central to that particular revolution. We look at Nehanda. So the idea is that you want to rely on your own culture. That at the beginning of the Haitian Revolution, Bookman said, throw away your image of the white man's God. His God encourages slavery and evil. Our God encourages good. And he was able to uh, galvanize people in, in a, a revolution that would last for years. And they would ultimately gain their victory. And so one of the finest examples right in our back door is Haiti gaining its own independence in 1804. And they had as a part of their constitution, an African had to be the leader of the nation. Hmm. No European could lead the nation of Haiti. And so America didn't recognize that nation as a sovereign state until the 1860s. So near, you know, 60 years later, we're seeing them being recognized, but it, it was central to that. And you had these particular rights and that particular, uh, that culture has been stigmatized since then. And there are people that are, would be willing to cast that particular culture in Haiti um, in a negative light, in a light that they wouldn't even cast slavery. Right. Yeah. Right? It's There's funny, a lot of people say, a lot of people talk about Haiti probably retains, Haitians probably retain the closest to African culture 
of any group that we have here in the Western Hemisphere in terms of them holding on to something that's And I think a lot of that had to do with the nature of, of French planters mm -hmm. saying that it's so cheap to go to Africa to get more, we will kill off one generation and the next generation and we will go to Africa and get more. And when you do that, in contrast to Georgia, where people were breeding human beings, mm -hmm. you are, you're creating a very concentrated African culture in this island. Whereas here, after a few generations, um, people, you know, the memory of Africa was more distant. Whereas at the height of the Haitian Revolution, many of these individuals were Africa born. And so, in the level of um, the level of torture, C. L. R. James in his book *The Black Jacobins* or *Black Jacobins* talks about torture techniques like the four-post, where they're tying down even pregnant women and beating them, and just torturing and killing and torturing and killing, and going back to Africa to bring back uh, a fresh influx of Africans, and that that created a very concentrated culture in, in, in Haiti. Well, in the words of our Haitian freedom fighters, we say, Kubetet Boule Kai. Um, and uh, we also want to thank Marsiki for coming on board today. But before you leave, man, we've been bragging, talking about how dope your sounds is. We need you to hear some tunes or something. something Either that or we got to have Minister Server and Naka sing. So let us know what you're going to do. Oh, I mean, you know, I can, I can play you an instrumental or something or, or sing a blues, but, uh, you know, let's, let's, let's just hear a little quick instrumental. A little something, All right. audition tape because I'm tired of these suckers. I'm going to join your band, bro. Oh, <laughs> shit. So I just want to say again, the, the album is West West Africa. Can you tell us where we can get this online? Absolutely. It's on all formats, iTunes. You can also support Bandcamp, Tidal. It's on, it's on all major platforms. If you're interested, you can go onto Bandcamp backslash Malsiki Scales. Uh, and, and purchase the physical CD as well as downloads. It's also on Spotify. Hey, and what we're gonna do is this right here. Tonight, for the first time, you heard it here. Um, we're gonna be giving away three of West West Africa, courtesy of Marsiki Scales, yeah. to our, nec our next three Patreons. True, true. And also, we have uh, also three more joints from our brother Yamin Somali. You know what I mean? So we want to hit y'all with a little bit of hip hop mm -hmm. and a little bit of uh, this African funk that Marsiki just dropped on your forehead. All you know right. what I mean? So make sure y'all get right. with us uh, via Patreon. Or if you know Minister Server or whatever, you get to guess uh, 
what Minister Serba had for lunch yesterday. <laughs> if you could do that, then you <laughs> might get a CD as well. I think we already know that because he burped a couple of times, but that's something to say. <laughs> but brother Masiki, thank you so much, brother, for coming on. It's been a pleasure. We got to get All you right. back on again, brother. Appreciate you, man. Hey, awesome. Oh, and our, our uh, special musical guest coming up is? Yeah, we got Sir Gandhi's great to come and bless y'all with some organic hip-hop. You know what's dope? To hear Masiki talking about the music with the kind of music that Sir Gandhi makes. So the synergy is right on time. True. Sir Gandhi coming up, y'all. Right. Renegade culture. Boom. Yes. Renegade Coaching, yo, we back. Oh! Yeah. Yes. Renegade Coaches in the building. Special musical guest, Sir Gandhi's in the house. I like how you did that, man. It, you like what I'm saying? I exploded so, on that. You, you, you had the spirit. Bam. You had the spirit of minister server. You came back. I oh, tried. yeah. 1978. <laughs> <is a> <laughs> he said, Sir Gandhi's in the house. It's Sir Gandhi's like, nigga. There's a level of excellence. You see what I'm saying? Is it? It's here. It's here, brother. It's here. It's here. It's back band. It's here. It's here. A reunion with the fat back band. Yo, how you doing, brother? How you doing, Sir Gandhi? <laughs> hey, man, I'm feeling blessed, man. I'm glad to be here with you guys today, man. True, okay, true. okay. Definitely, definitely. How you been, man? Man, I've been good, man. You know, just taking life one day at a time. You know, I can't try to get too ahead of myself, so I just been step by step, day by day, you know? Well, Sir Gandhi, talk, talk smooth. And quick I know, he, like got, he got that good, you know what I'm saying? He's like, man, look here, man. You, you sound, you sound like a, a revolutionary pimp. He be like, look here, man, this is how we gonna do. I'm gonna put you on the block. What we gonna do, we gonna get this. He got you know the Huey, he got the Huey staff. You know what I'm saying? He got the, you know what I'm saying? Yes, I yes. Got that the Marvin Gaye hat. True oh, yeah. that, true. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, was that, what was that thing that Big Daddy Kane said one time? Or was it, I want to be sexual and revolutionary or uh, some crazy shit like that? We don't know about, we ain't talking you know about. What, what is he talking about? I, well, no I mean, that was your era, so I figured I would bring it up for He's you. He said, Big Daddy Kane said it. So, yo, yeah. brother, Sir Gandhi. You sound like Umar Johnson. Oh, God damn. Good. That's bad. Yo, <laughs> you got a new project coming out, right? Yes, sir. Yes, it's sir. Called Earth in the Sun? Earth in the Sun. Why don't you tell Earth us a little bit about it? Yeah, Earth in the Sun. Well, you know, I wanted to get people back to, you know, getting outside more. You know, I know it's a little cold outside right now, but when it, when that sun start to come back around, I feel like the best place for a lot of people to be is to be outside in that grass, man. You know, it's like our natural earth medicine bed. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of times when you're earth, you know what I mean, that spiritual, as y'all was talking about earlier, it's got a lot of spiritual connotation behind it. Well, you mm -hmm. know, when you sit out there and you, you meditate, you let that sun hit you and you get some of that vitamin D and you also release them neurons and back into the earth and that you don't need and get yeah. them electrons from the earth. It recharge your body, man. It give, you, it give you mental clarity. You know what I mean? You feel better in your joints and your body. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's literally our, our natural earth bed. So with this project, I wanted to bring awareness to, you know what I'm saying, what it means to earth, but also just those good vibes of just being back outside, connecting with the earth. Cause more than ever in these times is needed, you know what I'm saying, with all this technology that we got yeah, right now. Yeah. A lot of people, you know, they forget to, you know, get back outside, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Stop staying inside and, you yeah. know what I'm saying, you know, I know we quarantining, but what we need is outside, man, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, Everything yeah. is at our resource right here on the earth. I'm glad you mentioned, you know what I'm saying, the earth, because Servo is some of you transmitting from, from uh, the planet Ibidi Ibidi Out. Yeah. <laughs> we, we still know where the fuck that's at. Yeah. But we glad you said come back to Earth because all that shit he talk about exactly. got us confused. Exactly. I feel like I'm about to get on the mothership and shit. Yeah. <laughs> and we ain't having that shit tonight. Yeah. But anyway, um, you have a new album. Uh, 
what is the, uh, like, the, I, we know it's, it's, it's some lead track. What is the track that, that the, everybody should be checking? The, the lead track that I feel like, man, that's going to really resonate with everybody. I mean, everything on it is, is you know what I mean? It's, it's ready. It's next level. It's got that feel. You know, it's universal. It's got, like, you know, a little bit of that African in it, some of that, you know what I'm saying, that hip-hop, that boom bop. You know what I mean? The founding sounds with, with that, that, that feel-good music felt like, that golden era feel, you know what I mean? But the, the leading track that I feel like gonna really touch a lot of people is this song I got called Get Along. You know what I mean? It's like, you know what I'm saying? Of course I'm Gundy, Sir Gundy, but it's that whole symbolism piece. But you know what I'm saying? It's just like more than ever, I feel like we need unity. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? On the unified front, more than ever with the times that's going on. And that song right there is gonna speak to the masses, I feel like, in a very powerful, you know what I'm saying? Inspirational, moving way, you know what I mean? And it's gonna be dope for them at the same time, mm -hmm. you know? So good who'd, you, who'd you say be your greatest musical influence? One of my greatest, I would have to say, um, my greatest, I, I would have to say Tupac. Tupac? Tupac would be one of my greatest, one of them, you know what I mean? Yeah, From yeah. A, just his university, his, his diversity, what he was able to do, not just like, you know what I mean? I know a lot of people say he one of the best lyricists and nothing like that, but I just yeah, feel yeah. like his ability to be able to connect from a grand scale, you know what I mean, from mm -hmm. with all different races of life, you know what I mean, to convey his messages. I feel like that's a cat that, that really influenced cool, cool. me a lot coming up in my early on stages of doing music. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we got this special segment that's called the uh, uh, Knockers Nonsense. Yes. Well, we got this bowl set up over here. This is orange ass candy yeah. dish right here. Cheap ass oh, bowl, but okay. you know, it's my man, so it's from his mom's house. Um, so we got like about 45 questions in there. We want you to dip in. Gotcha. Put your hand around there, do a uh, dip. Don't hurt get, your get hand, brother. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha, all that paper, don't get no paper cuts. I got you. Know oh, what I'm saying? Not all the papers. All right. Okay. You did a good job that time. It looked like there was like a whole bunch of questions in there. There's some shit in there. I know. Okay, it said it's the black man God. Oh, the black man God. Black the man black man God. You know what I mean? Oh, Views and right. opinion of this question came you know from our brother Knock over here. I know. Got you, got you. He's definitely a devil. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> got you, got you. Okay. Y'all cool in the house. <laughs> that's, that's a great question. That's a great question. Yes. All right. Good question. Yeah, and um, to answer that question, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to say it cut and dry, man. I feel like we are. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I feel like it extends through everything that we do. You know what I mean? Like you said, you could put us in the dirt and we're gonna still grow true, through. True, you know true. what I mean? In any circumstances, no struggle, no progress. We find our way and, and, and people see the greatness in us all around the world. You know what I mean? Not knocking anybody else, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But when I look in the mirror and see the reflection uh, and I hear those thoughts that I have with myself, I know that that's God speaking to me. That's the God in me. That's mm -hmm. the God that lives through me. That's the representation of who I am as I walk this earth. So I carry myself as such. I love that. I love that. Yeah, that's right. right. And, 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 go, 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 go. Seeing that an atheist asked you the question, that's a real cool ass. I didn't ask him the question. He asked him the question over there. You know what I'm saying? Hey, Don't get the light skinned people confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody, like, hey, 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 you know what I'm saying? Nobody wanted to answer this. That's his question. That's his question. That's, that, that and for the record, we think for the record, we think the black woman is God too. That's right. Exactly, exactly. Don't don't miss out the God. No, 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 yeah, that wasn't on you. That was on that was on this old one. I got you, I got you. Some of them look like women, so we know that the black woman is the first God on earth. True that, true. 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 Okay. Oh, yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna that's good that's good the good good I like uh, that you saved oh, yeah. so, fix right there. So yeah, we're we, we gonna, we gonna take a break and we're gonna facts. Can I can I do this? Can yeah, I do this? Right. Uh, we're gonna take a break right now. We're gonna come back with the musical guest, my so man Sir Gandhi. You're yeah, gonna yeah. hit it, you gonna hit it for us. We're gonna be right back. Renegade oh, coach up. Yeah. Blackout, blackout. So here I am at the 
brick of success A ton away, but I bench and press Get it off my chest like DMS Spitting through the hex, hungry like T-Rex For the best in business, I'm chin checking I am a top dog, there ain't no question I dream bill for this, I know I'm destined I try to question it with my daylight soul Like Lil John, I tell him get low Like who that people through my window Mobbing on them with it like goody mo Outcast and wet shit, yes for sure Cause I'm ill with it like mighty most And my dogs blacker than them rooster folks Like Pastor Troy, the A-Ready boy Cause Sir Gundy now the real deal McCoy Listen, hear me out folks Know your position, purpose and role Cultivate the mind and fill up the soul Unwrap the gift of life, family behold Hold it, hold it close, hear me out folks Know your position, purpose and role Cultivate the mind and fill up the soul Unwrap the gift of life, family behold Hold it, hold it close, close away Hey, hey, where you at? One What show you on? Let them know What show I'm on? Yeah Oh yeah, y'all can check me out, man on all streaming platforms. Go check out some of my latest singles right now. I got that daddy love you both. I got that I gotta make it. I got that my people out right now. Man, y'all go check it out. Go check all that out on streaming platforms. Check me out on IG. That's Sir underscore Gundy. S-I-R underscore Gundy. Facebook Sir Gundy. Man, y'all keep up with me, man. We doing it like this in the A-Town, Atlanta, Georgia. One love, peace. On what? On Renegade Culture. Y'all know what time it is. Let's get it.